On episode four, I had a YYC food quickfire with my guest, social media marketing guru, Chanry Thatch. And during that segment, we were talking about the joys of solo dining. And of course, she had a wonderful recommendation for a relatively new sushi bar in the Southwest called Ryuko for their omakase experience. I thought it was a splendid idea and a great way to spend an evening alone. And now I don't have any qualms about going out to a restaurant alone. In fact, I do it all the time. Or you might be the type of person that thinks dining alone means DoorDash on your front step, lounging in your sweatpants as you're about to settle in for a binge session of Midnight Diner. It's also often associated with being in a hurry or grabbing a coffee and a breakfast sandwich on the way to work or maybe eating lunch in your car. Now, I enjoy how time seems to slow down for those precious moments when I'm eating alone, not having to rush for anything or anyone, not worrying about small talk, all that stuff. Now, today on the show, I'm going to talk about the joy of solo dining. My name is Jade Alcoro, and you're listening to The Aimless Cook Podcast. One of the most common meals I like to enjoy alone is pho, and it's always at my favorite shop, Pho Rangdong in Forest Lawn, and always in the morning. Every Wednesday morning, I bring my daughter to school, which for a 14-year-old often involves listening to more than 10 alarms she sets on her phone to wake her up every five minutes until finally getting ready with a few frantic minutes before having to leave. After that, I have a ritual. As I have come to enjoy the simple pleasures that life has to give, I like to visit my favorite shop for a Vietnamese breakfast of steaming hot pho. It's here where I'm welcomed and seated at my usual table amongst the morning banter of Vietnamese uncles as they chat and slurp away. This, by the way, is the best telltale sign of a great pho shop. Pho, as you know, is the ubiquitous Vietnamese rice noodle soup, the most Common beef pho is made by a labor-intensive process of boiling beef bones and brisket for hours with plenty of love and attention. It is then enhanced with aromatics in the form of roasted onions, ginger, and a blend of spices, each exclusive to one shop. And what you get is a clear and flavorful broth that is light, savory, with the subtle nuances of spice and char, the perfect way to start one's day. Now, dak biat means special. Uh, as in the restaurant's signature pho, and is often a deluxe South Vietnamese-style beef pho with the brisket, beef balls, tendon, tripe, and the thinly sliced raw beef that's placed on top and cooked instantly with the addition of a piping hot broth. Now, this is typically served with a plate of fresh uh, bean sprouts, lime, a chili or two, and a few sprigs of Thai basil. Now, on the table, as you ready yourself, chopsticks, spoons, and a small dishes are neatly stacked in a caddy next to the condiments, which includes hoisin sauce, sriracha, and fish sauce. So when Uncle arrives, he places this glorious steaming bowl before me. And as with every week, I'm already prepared. My chopsticks on the right, my spoon to the left, and my tiny saucer filled half and half with hoisin and sriracha. 
Some shops even have a house satay sauce that they like to bring to the table as well, which is more of a modest version of a Chinese exo sauce. Everything is arranged in its place, and in front of me is a composition forming the epitome of Vietnamese sensibility, creativity, and resourcefulness. Now I'm not going to tell you how to eat your pho. Remember the debacle at Bon Appetit that was on YouTube? I'm sure you can still find it somewhere on YouTube if you need a refresher. To be honest, as a chef, I couldn't care less how you eat your food. Once you pay for it, it's yours to do what you wish. You can squirt the hoisin in and the sriracha and mix it all up and slurp away before you taste anything. I mean, you do you, right? I'm not going to call you out for enjoying a dish the way you want to. I've seen people dip maki rolls in ranch. In fact, when I was 11... I was at a family barbecue, Filipino barbecue, and I saw for the first time someone add ketchup to their pancit. So nothing phases me at this point. So let's get back to the bowl. The first thing that hits me is the aroma. The fresh steam hits my olfactory sensors and triggers this emotion that stops time, or at least slows down for me to appreciate this visual feast swimming below my eyes. Slices of just-cooked beef, tender simmered brisket, tendrils of chewy tripe, and generous chunks of collagen-rich tendon casually arranged atop a mound of fresh rice noodles and fresh sliced white onions. All of this in a sea of broth that brings all the components to life with its warmth and superb flavor, hours in the making. So as I dip my spoon in, I appreciate its clarity and unhindered honesty. Fine droplets of fat bejewel the surface, adding even more to this impressive feat of cookery. I take the first sip in and just enjoy it. My cook mind tries to decipher what I'm processing. Star anise, white pepper, coriander, a myriad of taste and signals bombard my senses with one simple sip of soup. The good shops make very good broth with a delicate balance of flavors, which is not an easy feat. For most, it's a matter of instinct and muscle memory as a result of years of experience. This is why I'm a purist when it comes to pho. A good broth is the sign of a master, a justly deserved moniker doing masterful techniques. This is pure skill and craftsmanship in a $12 bowl. Yes, I read the comments out there about folks that swear by pho saute. I hear you, and perhaps I'll write about it one day in the future. But pho, dak piet, for me, is where it's at. With my spoon in my left hand, I'll swirl the hoisin and sriracha together, making an impromptu umami spicy sauce that I carefully dab atop the first bite of noodles and beef. I'm careful not to sully the tasty broth as I alternatively switch between a couple bites of noodles and sips of broth, now accented with hints of herbaceous basil and fresh crunchy sprouts. I break the chilies in half and drop them into the soup, allowing them to gently steep and lend its spicy bite to the bowl. As I enjoy my bites, I listen to the morning banter and read any interesting articles on my phone. I imagine that this is the Vietnamese equivalent of a Western diner, with folks chatting over morning plate of trucker's breakfast or a half stack of pancake with bottomless cups of coffee, complete with servers that call you hun. By the time I'm halfway finished through my breakfast, uncle returns with a hot cup of coffee, a freshly brewed cup of strong Vietnamese coffee, rich, deep, and earthy in flavor and highly caffeinated. It's complemented by condensed milk, which sweetens and brings this aggressive morning beverage to a level that can be savored, capping off the beginning of what I hope will be another fine day. 
I wrote that little ditty to sum up the overall experience of eating the perfect bowl at the perfect time of day. Of course, there are many types of solo dining experience I can romanticize if I think about it, and they don't have to be terribly fancy or planned ahead of time. I think about dining alone as a much-needed mental break. You know, it's self-care, to be honest. Years ago during my corporate life, one of my colleagues, much older than me, told me about the joys of just taking a break away from the office and having a nice meal. Now, at the time, we worked a short walk from the Italian store, and we went there almost daily. And during the decade that I was there, we saw the kids there grow up and go from, like, serving food to becoming cashiers and baristas. I can still taste everything, and I bet if I went there tomorrow, it would still taste the same. Now, there are several positive reasons why eating alone can be beneficial for you. One of them is independence. Eating alone fosters a sense of independence and self-sufficiency and really encourages us to enjoy our own company and feel comfortable in being alone. And things like reading or writing, journaling, you know, if you like to journal, is, is the perfect kind of thing to do when you're by yourself at a restaurant. It provides a peaceful environment if you want to self-reflect at the end of the day or at the beginning. Um, I like to relax, take a break from the demands of social interaction. And there's just no small talk. There's no how's work going. There's no how, how's your family None of that stuff. Just quality time by yourself to relax and recharge your social batteries. Eating alone also gives you freedom. It gives you the freedom to choose what you want to eat, what cuisine, how much you want to eat, where you want to eat, without compromising for anyone else. It allows you to explore your culinary preferences and maybe experiment with different foods as well, unhindered. You know, helping you develop a deeper understanding of your taste preferences and maybe, you know, get to show you new ones that you haven't known before. Um, like I said before, too, like eating alone eliminates the pressure of social expectations and really provides a good stress-free dining experience where you can focus all of your, all of your senses, all of everything on the task at hand which is eating this. Eating alone also eliminates the pressure of social expectations, providing a stress-free dining experience where you can just focus on your own needs and comfort. Embracing the virtues of eating alone can contribute to a positive relationship with food and a greater appreciation for the moments of peace it offers. Now, I say peace a lot in this episode because, you know, one of the things... I like about dining alone is the time I can spend thinking about the things I eat so that I can share that dish later in words rather than just a mere photo. Now, I'm never sure if I should bring a journal with me when I go eat as I'd never like to complicate a really good meal with tasks that might distract me. And typically, I've, as I've said in past episodes, when I'm about to go somewhere where I've been looking forward to for some time or, you know, if I'm with someone, we're going somewhere that's been hyped for a long time and really looking forward to go to a place I'll never like to take pictures. I don't like to bring my phone and then I'll be. We'll enjoy a meal, you know, like they did in the old days with no phones and pictures and no documentation except my memories, my head. 
And then if I want to write about it later, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write about it later. I'm going to, and I'm going to come up with such, you know, the best ways to express myself. And I mean, that's some of the best ways. That is one of the best ways to really, you know, hone your skills at writing. For sure. It's just like giving yourself the opportunity to express experiences with more than just pictures. A lot of people on Facebook have been telling me about their favorite kinds of solo dining experience. And Yan in Calgary says, I love sushi alone. That's all he said. And you know what? I love sushi alone too. <laughs> Callie in Vancouver says, I am, as in I asked about, you know, whether they liked or if they're fans of solo dining. Um, she said, my favorite dining experiences are when I get to chat with the chef or GM about new dishes or drinks. Bruce Alter in New Hampshire said, my favorite solo dining experience is sitting at a raw bar during happy hour, having a dozen oysters and a beer. It sounds awesome. In the spring, it's a fried soft shell crab sandwich and a Bloody Mary. This man knows how to live. Steve Glavisich here in Calgary says, I treat myself to a solo lunch every summer at River Cafe. Now, if you don't know where River Cafe, that's the one on uh, Prince's Island here in Calgary. And I've been there once, but it is a very nice experience. If you go to treat yourself for a solo lunch every summer there, I'm sure that it is a really awesome experience to have by yourself. Uh, my friend Cohen from Regina's Fine Meats in Calgary says, I rarely dine alone, but I used to stop in to Ikuza for chicken skins and a pint on my way home from the market. Now, Ikuza is in Bridgeland. It is a part of the, the Kinjo thing. It has a Tokyo street market attached. And base, it, it's an izakaya with sushi and stuff. And it's located right on 1st Street. 1st Street? Right on Bridgeland. Heart of Bridgeland. You won't miss it. Um, I was over there actually last night. And they put truffle oil in their shrimp tempura. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Margot in Calgary says, At the end of the pier in San Diego, late in the day, a huge margarita and an appy. It was amazing. Margot also knows how to have a solo experience. Gabriel Yee in Calgary says, Sun's Barbecue, just the place. No description, just the place. Sun's Barbecue. And Sun's Barbecue, I do go to a lot for lunch as well. Uh, it is the one on Center Street connected to Lambda. Very good barbecue, really good joke. And uh, if you go there during lunch and it's really busy and it's really hopping, they're probably going to put you in a table to share with other people. And that's cool lunch you know experience too justin in calgary says lunch on the run away from the paint cruise i like to find a place for spring rolls and salad rolls with a pepsi i enjoy the heck out of that short half hour of solitude justin cook he's a painter a professional painter in calgary um yeah i can see how you know that it is just a part of just getting away for that little short break to be away from your team makes all the difference 
Now, from reading all your submissions here, it's clear to see that there are a couple types of people here. Those that enjoy dying alone for the solitude and peace it provides, no matter what type of food it is. And those that go baller, all out for the splurge on themselves every once in a while. But what it boils down to is all self-care, am I right? I myself enjoy the solitude and peace that eating alone can offer. Like even in the middle of the summer, I'll pack up my bike with lunch and eat out on a trail somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, on the other hand, yes, I love the idea of spoiling myself with a nice dinner. I have the freedom to try what I like. I'll only have to pay for myself. I can honestly say that I have never tried that yet, but I definitely will. Other than, let's say, going for a burger or stopping for somewhere where you can eat on your lap in your car, where are some great places that you can go sit and eat alone? So I'm going to make I'm going to make a few suggestions here. So the first one is like noodle shops. So ramen ya, pho shops, Chinese noodle shops. Since the dishes are designed for one, these are the perfect places to start. And here are some of my favorite. The first one is Kalan Beef Noodle. I think they have two um, locations now. One on Center Street. I like the Center Street location. It's very close to where I live. Kalan Beef Noodle is Lanzhou style hand-pulled noodles. Uh, either with soup or stir-fried, and whatever style, they'll ask you what style you like. I recommend trying the braised beef noodle soup or the stir-fried lamb and cumin. Really good. Also, get the house tea. They do this house blend of tea with floral and, and Chinese herbals, and they give you a carafe, like a full carafe of hot water so you can refill it as well. And they give it to you in a traditional type of like a Chinese cup with the lid, on it as well. The first time uh, I brought Josh there, he broke the he broke the the saucer or the lid of one of them when he dropped the he like the when he picked it up the thing to drink, the saucer stuck to the bottom of the cup from the the tea. And then when he lifted to drink, he didn't realize that <clears throat> it was a separate piece and it fell and he broke it. So I had to pay for that, but it was good. Um Ramen Ichinen. This is my favorite mom and pop shop in the Northeast for ramen. And it's in Northeast Calgary. It features my favorite ramen and also features a lunch set that includes a really tasty bonito bowl. Um, also delicious is the Nankotsu Karage, which is a, a fried snack consisting of crispy fried chicken ni cartilage. Yes. And probably the only place I've seen that actually has something like that. So Ramen Chinen, good job. They're doing awesome. Pho uh, Rang Dong in Forest Lawn. This is a mom and pop that's located in Forest Lawn, like I said, next to Saigon Deli. And it's always a buzz with chatty uncles in the morning, which is the best time to visit. So go in the morning, get yourself a pho dak biet and hot Vietnamese coffee and just enjoy the morning because it's a perfect experience, like I said at the beginning of the episode. The next one is located in City Plaza in Chinatown. It's Guilin Noodle. And this noodle house offers noodle bowls from the Guilin province of China, slightly different from the usual Hong Kong fare that is offered in many Cantonese places and very much worth a look. This used to be the location of Double Greeting back in the day. So if you remember 
OG double greeting. It was an old Cantonese style kind of place. You used to be able to get, you know, all sorts of cool stuff. They had a really good, you know, chuhao brisket and tripe. And what I do is like, you'd either have to get one or the other, but they'd also, you know, if you ask them, they'll let you get half and half and they'd bring you, you know, a plate with both, which was really good. I miss them. Okay, so we're going to move on to Cantonese style stuff. Um, Cha Chan Tang style eats. Uh, first one is Sun's Barbecue, like uh, um, dog is snoring. First one is Sun's Barbecue, which um, Gabriel Yi was talking about earlier. And there's a vast menu here, but it's either, for me, it's either always jok or a barbecue plate, like a combo barbecue plate on rice or noodle soup. Now, if you get there while it's really busy, like I said before, you'll probably be sharing a table with strangers. Deal with it. After that... I like to head into Maxima Bakery and grab some butter bolo bao or chasu bao, whatever your favorite kind of bun is. I also like those really delicious nori and pork floss buns with the scallions and mayo all over them. It's a good one. And Maxima is like crazy because it is one of the last, I believe, kind of mom and pop Chinese bakeries in the city. With the closing of Diamond Bakery in Chinatown, like there's not a lot of places left and Maxima is really one great one. And I hope they're here for a while because it would be really sad if they closed. Another place, speaking of Chinatown, is of course Calgary Court. Now I'd have to say that my favorite place for a Cantonese style, Wonton Mian, is at Calgary Court, I would say. If you never had a Cantonese style wonton mian, it's not anything like a, say, war wonton soup like you'd get at at King's. King's is very much like it, one style. I wouldn't say it's like a Western kind of style. It's more hearty. It has all the vegetables. It has char siu. It has, you know, noodles, a thicker noodle. But the Cantonese-style wonton mian is something more refined. It is very much a composition of all of these really specific elements that make it complete. Like the wonton is very thin-skinned. It is pork and shrimp. And the shrimp is like almost crisp with the way the texture is. And... They're unassuming because they put them on the bottom. So when they serve it to you, it doesn't look like anything. It looks like noodles in a plain broth with some scallions. And the the noodles have to be the thin egg noodles, the super thin egg noodles. And they're very toothy. And the broth is this golden, clear broth, which has the essence of the stockfish that they use. Sometimes a lot of, pu- a lot of uh, cooks will use like a... Uh, Ah, flounder. But here you can get stockfish dried at the store. I don't know if they use that or what. And then basically it's it's grilled and dried and then it's powdered. And then that becomes the base for a stock. And it turns out golden. 
it and it's wonderful. Now, I also love the I also love the Portuguese style baked chicken or pork chop rice. And their curry is also amazing. And apparently it's been in their family for generations. So if you go to Calgary Court, there's a lot of kinds of dishes for one. So go check it out. Another one that is part of their group is Cafe 100%. It is in Country Hills. And this Northwest eatery has some tasty dishes, including a few that I already mentioned that were at Calgary Court. And they also have like a very generous mixed grill platter. And this grill platter is monster. It has like four types of meat. So it has chicken, pork, beef, and like ham. And then it has rice and fries, right? And a fried egg, like all of that and easily can be shared by two people or one very hungry person. And they also make the curry rice over there as well and the baked stuff too. And they have pastas and all sorts of other, other stuff that they don't have at Calgary Court. So it's worth to check out Cafe 100% in Country Hills as well. Now, if you like sandwiches, um, like I do, sandwiches, um, you're in Kensington, Peppino is hands down one of the best Italian sub spots in the city, I think. Peppino's, right on Kensington Road. Um, be sure, check it out. Let me know what you think. Because another one, much like that, that I like to go to is Calgary Italian Bakery. Yes, the bakery. Connected to the actual bakery in Manchester Industrial, they don't have any dine-in seating, but they do offer outdoor seating on their patio when the weather permits, of course. So if you are there during the summer, you go out there, check it out because they have, you can get a, a really good Italian sub, Calgary Italian Bakery, do it. Um, speaking of Italian, Spolumbo's located in Inglewood, right on 9th. This iconic shop has some tasty cutlet parms that you can easily eat in two sittings. They also have great side salads and soups and, you know, you have all of that stuff, you're good to go. Um, like I said before, um, Forest Lawn, Saigon Deli. This sandwich shop is one of the best for banh mi. Just look at how busy this place is in the morning and see for yourself because all of the ladies are there and they're just making sandwiches like that early. My favorite is always the assorted. You can get the extra pate. You can do what you like. You can have your satay. I don't care about the satay. You always got to go with the assorted. Enjoy this off the hood of your car or in your car, but don't say I didn't warn you about crumbs, okay? So... Or take it home or whatever. There's another one located in Southview off of like right on uh, 17th Avenue Southeast, International Ave. It's called Ban Mi Nui. I've probably butchered that. But it is in the strip mall adjacent to Hong Kong Grocery. And it's a little shop that makes really good, no-nonsense Ban Mi, notably... Their vegetarian banh mi is fire as well. And I would recommend the lemongrass tofu or tofu skin. So if you're vegetarian, you want banh mi that's really legit and delicious, check it out. I'm not going to say the name again. You know where it is. <laughs> now, burgers, we can't ignore burgers. 
there's always a new burger spot opening in Calgary. And Calgary has a lot of really good burger places. And I've been trying so many lately. And on the next episode, I'm probably going to have some more to share with you. Uh, the first one I like to share is Bridgeland Lil Empire, located right across from Bridgeland Market. Uh, the Empire with Cheese is a must-get. It has all of the flavor notes of a Big Mac, but prepared with premium ingredients and consummate skill. So if you can think of that and imagine what that would be like, you have an idea of what Little Empire is like. They also have Annex Soda and they have really good fries. Like everything is really good there. So you just go down to Bridgeland next time you're out there and, and give it a try. Little Empire. Clive Burger on Uptown 17th Ave. Always a great choice. Their burgers are no joke. Super tasty, always consistent, and the shakes are killer. That's all I got to say about Clive Burger. Now, of course, if you are vegan or you're plant-based or if you just, you know, want to try something different, then V-Burger is the place. My friend, Chef Andrea Harling, is a co-founder of V-Burger, and she has created everything that you love about a classic burger shop without animals, of course. But uh, yeah, their classic V-Burger is highly recommended. I love their stuff. And if, of course, you are plant-based, then check it out. V-Burger 17th Ave. My next one is located at Fresh and Local Food Hall in Avenida. It is called J-Spot. And Chef Joel Harris, he worked with Chef Sheldon Simeon in Maui. In addition to having a stint with Chef Duncan Lee at Foreign Concept and his fast casual restaurant, J-Spot, which was previously a Takori, that was Duncan's. J-Spot, anyways, is nothing short of incredible, and his attention to detail, coupled with his sense of ohana, makes this spot a must-try. If you have seen the reviews on Facebook or on Google, you've seen the pictures of his stuff, go check out J-Spot and say hi to Joel. Tell him that I sent you. Now, of course, if you want to try out these spots for yourself, I will include links to their socials in the show notes. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and take care of yourself. You deserve it. And if you do, be sure to let me know where you went, what you ate, and where you want to go next. Thank you for listening. If you love this show, please rate, review, and share it with your friends. And in the meantime, be kind to one another. My name is Jade Alcoro, and you've been listening to the Aimless Cook Podcast. Peace. Peace.